All right, Jamal, say good morning. Let us begin by thanking our sponsors this morning. To thank our Talmud Torah sponsor, Shmuli Libadinovitz, for dedicating all the Shirman Drushals this month in the Zchus and Aliyah for the Neshama Harav Perez Abram, Ben Harav Binyamin Moshe Zichron Livracha. We thank our Dafyomi sponsors today, David and Sarah Leipnik, in commemoration of the first yard site of Sarah's father, Paul Kalish. Melech Yona ben Yudel Dov Zichrona Livracha and Jacob and Julie Blumenfeld, Le'iloi Nishmas Jacob's grandmother, Hena Bas Mordechai Zichrona Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Nishamas will have an Aliyah and the families in Nacham So with that, let us begin. Again, we have an incredible and beautiful, overwhelmingly fantastic daf today. In Meseches Ksuvis, we are doing Daf Hay. We are picking up Emir Tzashanabosai on the bottom of the bottom of Dalad Ahmed Base, two lines up from the bottom. So we'll say some very interesting, some very interesting sugyas today. Sorry. This is right. Okay, so we'll say two lines are for the bottom. Dalid Amud Beis says the Gemara. Amar Mar, Benkach who Benkach lo Yivo. So we'll say I know that I owe you the halacha lemaisa. We have a little bit of outstanding halacha lemaisa from yesterday's daf, specifically concerning what to do with the halachos concerning the avelos that occurs with the father of the chassan or the mother of the kala on the day of the wedding. Remember again, the Gemara outlined a fascinating progression of events. Machnisen as hames lecheder, chasan vekala lechupa, kvura biarishona, what the order of will call biarishona kvura, seven days of shevabrachas, seven days of avelos. Emir Hashem, we'll, we'll, we'll come back. We're not finished with that sugya yet. I'm going to show you the Rambam and the Shulchanach. They're quite interesting. So I'm going to mark. Benkach u benkach lo yivo lo be'erev shabbos lo mazi shabbos. We'll say, in the b'risa that we're recording in yesterday's daf, the Gemara recorded a very interesting, a very interesting statement. And the Gemara said, Benkach Benkach, either way, Halacha should not happen on Erev Shabbos, nor should it happen on Matzeh Shabbos. So Rabosai, here's what's interesting. Erev Shabbos in this context means Friday night. Friday night. Matzeh Shabbos is Saturday night. Matzeh Shabbos. So Bishlom Erev Shabbos Mishum Chabura. Rabbi I understand why Biarishona can't happen on Erev Shabbos because of Chabura. Now, Rabbi we're going to talk about this. The assumption is that if a woman is a basula, if a woman is a basula, so the first act of Bia ruptures the basulim, right? Ruptures the hymen. So as a result of that, there is bleeding and there is an injury. So Rabbi the halacha is that it is prohibited to go ahead and cause an injury on Shabbos. Right, Rabosei, again, actually, interestingly enough, if you go out and you cause an injury and cause someone to bleed, that is a, that is a, that is the malacha of shechita. Of shechita, causing someone to bleed is a malacha of shechita. So Rabosei, says the Gemara, we'll get into this more, but says the Gemara, I understand why Biri Shona can't happen on Friday night, because ultimately, again, Chabura, causing a wound, causing an injury. Why can't be a Rishonah Karam Matzeh Shabbos? To which the Gemara says, Am Rabbi Zeira, Rabbi Zeira says, Tap of Hey, Mishum Chashbonos. So we'll say, it's very interesting. Why can't be a Rishonah get mad? No, now, by the way, when we say also, be a Rishonah can't occur on Matzeh Shabbos, the Gemara is also presupposing that what else is occurring on Matzeh Shabbos? 
the chasana. So really what it's saying over here, Sebo say, on the Erev Shabbos case, the chasana could be happening on Friday, which interestingly enough, you should know, is now becoming popular again in Eretz Yisrael, Friday chasanas. We'll talk about that actually. We'll see the godless, the, the incredible wisdom in that type of wedding. So now there was so I so I understand for, for the for the Arab Shabbos, the wedding's happening Arab Shabbos, and then the Gemara is telling me Birishona should not happen Friday night. When when the Gemara says and Birishona shouldn't happen Matzi Shabbos, what that also means is you shouldn't do a chasana on Matzi Shabbos. Why not? So the Gemara says, I'm Rabbi Zira, Mishum Chashbonos. Now take a look at Tap Rashi, Mishum Chashbonos, Shemich Nos, the Matzi Shabbos, because we'll say if a person is getting married on Matzi Shabbos, Yases Suuda Balayla, person's going to be making a wedding feast that night, the Yachshov Beshabbos, Mautzark, Lahotzi, Uksive Daber Dover. We did this not so long ago in Smichas Chover. So I say, so interestingly enough, if you're making a chasana on Shabbos, what are you going to be thinking? I'm sorry, I'm not Shabbos. What are you going to be thinking about on Shabbos? How many guests? What's the cost? Did I order enough food? Right? And I will say the whole idea is that on Shabbos, one is not supposed to be occupied with, with we'll call it mundane thoughts. Right? Now, the Gemara is calling mundane thoughts like how much money this is going to cost me or how many people I have or did I tell the caterer the right numbers. So the Gemara says, ah, that must be the reason that you can't go ahead and get married on Matzah Shabbos because of Cheshbonos. Because Amr le Abai Abai says, one second, the Cheshbonos shall mitzvah miasiri. But one second, I will say Cheshbonos like this are cheshbonos shal mitzvah, right? This is actually, this, it's true that there's cheshbonos, I will say cheshbonos, you know, the, the, the good English word is like, calc- I think the translation is often calculations, right? Or accounting for things, but this is cheshbonos of mitzvah. And one is permitted to be preoccupied with cheshbonos of mitzvah on Shabbos. After I will say, very interesting Gemara. Vaha, Rav Chistav Rav Hamnuna Darmi Tarvayu. Cheshbonos shal mitzvah mutra l'chashvan b'shabbos. It is permitted to go ahead and do cheshbonos rabosay. So again, even engage in financial matters, financial matters that are related to a mitzvah. When I was on Shabbos, one is permitted to engage in financial matters if those financial matters are linked to a mitzvah. So the Gemara says, let's give some examples of this. Vam Lazar, poskin tzedakah la'aniyim b'shabbos. Rabosay, you're allowed to pledge tzedakah. Now, by the way, I'll say the whole Yisod, why are you allowed to do appeals, right, on Shabbos and Yom Tov, right? Shuls do appeals, right? You raise money. Why are you allowed to raise money on Shabbos? Ah, you see why? Because Lemaise, again, any money, any type of financial cheshbonos that are related to mitzvah is permitted to do on Shabbos. So you're allowed to go and raise money for tzedakah on Shabbos. I'm Rabbi Yaakov, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Holchim lebate knesios ulebate midrashos lifakeach al iskei rabbim mishabbos. You're allowed to go to shuls. You're allowed to go to bate medrash to go ahead and take care of communal matters on Shabbos. Va'am Rabbi Yaakov ar idiom Rabbi Yochanan mefakin al pikuach nefesh. Now, both say it's interesting over here. If you look at Rashi, Rashi says mefakin motzin laor. You're allowed to go to shuls to bate medrash to talk about issues of pikuach nefesh. Nebos, the Marshal points out over here, says it can't literally be pikuach nefesh, because if it's pikuach nefesh, right, against saving lives, then that's obvious. That's obvious. What it means is that on Shabbos, you're allowed to go to Bate Medrash, you're allowed to go to shuls, ultimately, again, to go ahead and to go ahead and deal with matters of communal importance. That's the idea. And even though 
often matters of communal importance involve what? Money, right? They always involve money. Halacha lemaisi, you're allowed to do that on Shabbos. Why? Because dealing with money related to mitzvah purposes, mitzvah initiatives, right? Mitzvah dealings is permitted on Shabbos. Similarly, again, Similarly, again, you're allowed to go, Tartios are amphitheaters, Karkios are the circuses. In this case, you're actually going to places where non-Jews are gathering in order to discuss with officials matters of communal importance. You could even take, now that's not necessarily financial in nature, but that's talking about, again, how you're allowed to take care of the needs of the clown on Shabbos as well. So we'll say, again, so this one, and this, we're not finished yet. The said, you're allowed to make shiduchim on Shabbos. Now, even though, again, often arranging matches on Shabbos also required what? financial arrangements, right? Again, I will say, they, they don't mean it like the way we do it today, where Lemaisa, again, a shidduch is just, you know, hey, I think this one should go out with that one, or this one should Meshat means they would arrange matches. But part of arranging those matches is also, again, going ahead and uh, saying, all right, I'm going to commit this amount of money. You're going to commit that amount of money. You have to do that on Shabbos. Valatinok lelando sefer. I will say, you can go ahead and make arrangements for your child to learn Torah. So let's say I find a Rebbe, for my son, I could go ahead and make the arrangements, including how much I'm going to pay that Rebbe, and I'm allowed to make those arrangements on Shabbos. Or I will say for that matter, if I'm going to, I want my son to learn a trade, I want my son to learn a trade, I'm allowed to go ahead and arrange for that trade to be learned. I'm allowed to make the arrangements for my son's trade Rebbe on Shabbos. I will say, now, what's, what's the kamdanam there amongst all of these things? These are all considered to be mitzvah purposes. I will say, it is a mitzvah to teach your child to be self-sufficient. It is a mitzvah to teach your child to have an occupation, to teach your child to have a way to support himself when he grows up. So that's why, again, I will say, even this is called a mitzvah, a mitzvah purpose. And that's why I will say, it's pretty incredible, right? You would not think that you'd be allowed to go ahead and write, my son wants to be a carpenter. So I could go ahead, my son wants to be a lawyer. I could go a doctor. I, I, I could find him somewhere to apprentice and I could make those arrangements on Shabbos. Because these are all considered to be mitzvah matters. So let, let's, let's loop this full circle. Bryce has said that you can't get married on Matzah Shabbos, right? Rabbi Zera said, why can't you get married on Matzah Shabbos? What did he say? Mishum, one word, Kashbonos, right? Because he, your mind is going to be preoccupied with financial considerations. Says Gemara, so what? So what? In other words, getting married is a mitzvah, and one is permitted to be preoccupied with financial considerations that are linked to a mitzvah on Shabbos. Or I should say, on Shabbos, one is permitted to be preoccupied with certain financial considerations if they're of a mitzvah nature. So if that's the case, getting married on Matzah Shabbos should be absolutely permitted because getting married is a mitzvah. Then I will say, it's actually interesting, by the way, we'll discuss, is getting married a mitzvah or not? So it's actually a fascinating discussion, which we will get into, which is, is there a, mari- is there a mitzvah in marriage? Or is marriage what we call a heksher mitzvah, 
Like marriage is what enables one to fulfill mitzvah. Meaning, in other words, is there a mitzvah of marriage or do we say no? There's no mitzvah of marriage. There's a mitzvah to what? To have children. To have children. And the mitzvah is to have children in the context of a marital relationship. Getting married is the heksher. Kind of like there's no mitzvah to purchase lulav and esrug. But in order to go ahead and take lulav and esrug on the first day of sukkah, you have to what? You have to have it. You have to have it. So buying it, purchasing it is the hechshem. So we'll see. Right now it's clear, according to the Gemara, that getting married is a mitzvah. Getting married is a mitzvah. And therefore, again, thinking about the financial considerations of marriage on Shabbos should be permitted. Elam Rabbi says, you're right. You're right, you're right, you're right. It's not cheshbonos. So what's the concern with getting married on Shabbos? Elam Rabbi Zeirah, ben of. Interesting enough, what are we concerned about? You're going to come to Shecht, you're going to come to Shecht the bird on Shabbos. And I said, what does that mean? If you look at Rashi, Shem Yishchat ben Of, B'Shabbos, Tzorach, Motzei Shabbos, Sheitarud V'Yishkach, Shehu Shabbos. So I said, what are we concerned about? You're going to be so preoccupied with the wedding that night, that with the, with the upcoming wedding that night, that you're going to inadvertently Shecht a bird to prepare it for that night's Su'uda. And I will say, why a bird? Why a bird? So again, here are the Marashah comments. I will say, because a bird is something that you could shecht relatively quickly, right? And without thinking about it. In other words, I will say, we assume that when do people end up doing malach on Shabbos? When something could happen quickly and you don't give it a lot of thought. So I will say, if you have to wrestle that cow to the ground, chances are by the time you get it on its side and get it pinned and ready to shecht it, you're going to say, hey, I think it's Shabbos, right? In other words, I will say, that, that I'm, I'm going to remember that. Because the shechita of an oath could happen so quickly, that's where there's the concern. So Rabbi Zera, so we'll say, again, Sim Rabbi Zera. So Rabbi Zera abandons cheshbonos. It's not about cheshbonos, but rather, again, it's about a concern. And I will say, this is just an example. If I know that I have the chasana on Matzeh Shabbos, on Saturday night, right after Shabbos, the concern is I may come to inadvertently do malacha in preparation for the wedding without really thinking. Without really thinking. Good. So it says the Gibara Amrali Abai Elame Atta. This is very interesting. So Abai said, that's the concern. Elame Atta, Yomakipurm Shekhalios Bishini Bishabis Yitcha, Kazeira Shamayishat Ben Of. Fascinating. Abizir says, Well, if that's the case, then when Yom Kippur falls out on Monday, you really should push it to Tuesday, lest you come to Shecht. Now, what is that? I will say, watch this. When Yom Kippur falls out on Monday, so Erev Yom Kippur is on Sunday. There's a mitzvah to eat on Erev Yom Kippur. So maybe we should be concerned that in, that in anticipation of Erev Yom Kippur, Matzah Shabbos Sunday, right, where there's a mitzvah to eat, a person may inadvertently end up shechting a bird in order to be prepared for the mitzvah of eating on Erev Yom Kippur. To which the Gemara says, no, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hasam de lotarid. That's actually a very beautiful answer. The Gemara says, here's the difference. In Yom Kippur, I'm worried about myself. Right? I, I know that I have to eat on Erev Yom Kippur. I'm not concerned, therefore, that a person is going to end up doing malacha on Shabbos to ready themselves for Erev Yom Kippur. But say chasana is a little bit different. Why is the chasana a little bit different? Because I'm expecting guests. So that's when a person is preoccupied, and that's when a person may inadvertently 
begin to slaughter on Shabbos in anticipation for the guests arriving on Matzah Shabbos. And the Bible say, by the way, it's such a beautiful line as well. Hasam delinafshe lo tarid, delacherim tarid. The Bible says sometimes the best way to live life is don't be preoccupied with yourself. Delinafshe lo tarid. Don't make life about you. Don't make life about you. The best thing we can do in life is avoid an egocentric, self-centered existence. I so what kind of life should I lead? Be the kind of person ultimately again who is focused and preoccupied with what they could do to help the other. Inami, the other possibility is why aren't we concerned about Erev Yom Kippur Amatse Shabbos? Isli Ravcha. Hacha lesle ravcha. I will say here's also another fundamental difference, which is what? I will say on Matzah Shab, right? On, on, when Erev Yom Kippur is on Sunday, I have a whole day Sunday, right? In other words, I will say generally, even those who are very, very, very machmir to eat the whole day on Erev Yom Kippur, everybody's going to be machmir about something, right? So machmir to eat on Erev Yom Kippur, they're not usually getting started the night before, right? They usually get started day of. So you have time after Shabbos. In the case of the wedding, where the wedding is Mamish and Matzeh Shabbos, that's where there's a concern that what? That Halacha Lamaisa, that Halacha Lamaisa, you'll come to Shecht on Shabbos itself. Incredible. So we'll say, so now, here's what comes, so now, now we seem to have an understanding. Why can't they, why, why do we say that a person shouldn't get married? I will say, it's not that you can't. In other words, if you get married on Matzeh Shabbos, are you married? Does, does the, does the chasana work? Does the marriage work? Yes, Chazal is saying, we don't want you to get married on Matzah Shabbos. Why not? On a simple level, makes sense. We're concerned you're going to inadvertently begin with the preparations on Shabbos itself. You're going to be preoccupied? Good. Now that we came to this, the truth is, said, this might even be the reason that ideally you shouldn't get married Erev Shabbos also. Maybe Erev Shabbos also about said the concern is that what? Sirebo says, we're going to see when they got married on Erev Shabbos was a great chap. Because what did they do? They would get married later Friday afternoon and the wedding su'uda would be the Shabbos su'uda. So it was one meal. Instead of preparing a wedding feast and a Shabbos feast, it was, it was the same su'uda. So maybe the concern over here, even getting married on Erev Shabbos is that what? Your wedding preparations will spill into Shabbos itself, Shabbos itself, and you may come to inadvertently Shachtan Shabbos. Okay, so we'll say, so even, even though, again, it seems to be that the concern of getting married on Erev Shabbos was really the issue of the Bia Rishona occurring on Shabbos itself, Mishum Chabura, because of causing an injury. But the Gemara says, maybe not. Maybe the reason for both Matzeh Shabbos and Shabbos is the same, lest you come to do Malach on Shabbos itself. Incredible. So we'll say, let's go back to Ibai Lehu. Ibai Lehu. Ibai Lehu. Besula. Besula. Lo. Besula. Besula. I'm sorry. Besula Nises Biravi. Benevelis Biravi. Velo Chashin Lekurei Daita. O Dilma Besula Nises Biravi. Benevelis Bechamishi. So I will say, I'm going to show you something very interesting over here. Going back to the first Mishnah, right? Our first Mishnah, our first Mishnah said that Pesula Nisis the Ravi. Pesula gets married on Wednesday. Why? Why? So that if there is a Tainos Besulim, if there's a claim that she wasn't a Besula, Beisdin is in session on Thursday morning, the husband could bring the claim to Beisdin immediately. Then I both say, why does it have to occur immediately? Remember again, Rashi on Beis and Medalif, because if it doesn't occur immediately, what are we concerned for? What are we concerned for? Ekrure daite, 
a cooling down period, a cooling down period. And again, he's just not going to be upset about it anymore and won't, won't pursue the potential issue. Maybe issue, may not potential issue. So that's an interesting question. So I will say, when do, when do we say the Biarishona has to occur? Is it that the Biarishona has to occur effectively Thursday night? Or as I will say, they get married Wednesday day, and the Biarishona occurs, we'll call it, well, well, for our purposes, we'll just call it Wednesday night, Wednesday night. And therefore, if there's, if there's a claim, they go to Basin Thursday morning, but they can't have Biarishona on Wednesday during the day. Let's say, let's say they get married. Let's say they get married Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday morning, right? So maybe the Biarishona can't be Wednesday day, because there's a concern of what? Once again, a cooling off period, too much time in between the Bia and Beisdin. And Beisdin. That's the Shaila. So the Gemara says, Tashma. So again, so, so does, does Bia Rishona have to happen Wednesday night? Because then there's no concern of cooling off period, but it can't happen by day. Or that, no, it could even happen by day, even Wednesday day. And again, we're not concerned about a cooling off period in between Wednesday day and Thursday morning. That's the Shaila. So Tashma, I will say, let's analyze Tashma, the Tani Bar Kafra, Bisulini says, Biravi'i, Bar Kafra said as follows, so Bisulu gets married on a Wednesday, Vinevelis Bechamishi. Oh, I will say, listen to this. You see what just happened over here? In Bar Kafra's version, he taught it like this. Bisulu gets married Wednesday during the day, and ultimately, when does Bia happen, or when should Bia happen? What we call Wednesday night. But in Halacha, Wednesday night is already what? Is already Thursday. It's already Thursday. So my conference says, really, the Bia should not happen by day. And I will say, Bia by day might have other halachic issues, which, which we'll talk about, but we're not getting into that right now. The point over is that Bar says that the Bia really has to occur by night. Has to occur by night. So I will say, now why? Now listen to this. So this is very interesting. Because I will say, Thursday is the day that in Bereshis, where Hashem created the fish, and ultimately, again, I, well, I should say, where Hashem gave the bracha to the fish. Look at Rashi, bracha ledogim, peru uravu umil u'es hamayim. So we'll say, on Thursday, the bracha of fish is mentioned. So therefore, again, the Rishona should occur ultimately, again, on Thursday, what, what we're calling Wednesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday, ultimately, again, because that's the day where there's the bracha for fish. Uh, okay, we'll come back to that in just a moment. Amona nises pechamishi, vinevelas pechishi, and Amona should get married on a Thursday, and the bia should occur when? Thursday night. Thursday night, what we call already Friday. Since Rabbi say on Friday is the day ultimately again where Hashem gave the bracha to Adam of peru, 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 ravu. Be fruitful and multiply. So to which the Gemara says, what do you see from here? Time of Mishabracha. Now, the reason Bar Kafra says that when you marry a Basula, you get married on a Wednesday, and the Bia should happen Wednesday night, Thursday. Why? Because Thursday, it says the bracha for fish, the bracha for dogim. The reason Bar Kafra seems to say that the Bia Rishona should happen on Thursday, on Wednesday night, Thursday, is why? Because of the bracha. But it's not because of what? Because we're concerned that if the Bia happens on Wednesday, he's going to cool down by, from his anger by the time Ultimately, Thursday morning rolls around. Iyachi, if that's the case, Iyachi, so the Gemara says, so we'll say, so it appears from here, just again, based on this, it appears that halacha lamaisa, if the couple gets married on a Wednesday, there's not a problem with the bia happening Wednesday during the day, because we assume that even if for some reason 
there are no besulim, there's not going to be a sufficient cooling down period between Wednesday during the day and Thursday morning. The husband will still pursue the potential issue in based income Thursday morning. The only reason why we're pushing for the Bia to be Thursday night, or what we'll call Wednesday night Thursday, instead of Wednesday day is why? Because Wednesday night Thursday, that day of creation had the bracha for fish of Peru Uruvu. Peru Uruvu. Okay, to which the Gemara says, by the way, So we'll say, so why, let's go back for just a second to Rabbi Kafra said. So Rabbi Kafra said, Naamana gets married on Thursday during the day, and the Bia should happen Thursday night, Friday, because Friday, day six of creation, is when it says the bracha of Peru or Avu for Adam, for man. I so why don't we say that the Almana should have Bia on Thursday, because Thursday is the day that it says, Pru Ravu, the bracha for Dagim, to which the Gemara says, Bracha the Adim Adifale. But say it's better for her, right? That obviously the Pru Ravu, the bracha, the bracha for man, is obviously better for the bracha than Adam. Now, let's remember again. See, you'll say to yourself, well, if that's the case, why don't we say that a Basula should also have her Bia Rishon on Friday, Pru Ravu for Adam? What's the answer? You need Beisdin. Remember again, because Basula has a different construct. By Basula, we always want the Bia Rishona to take place the night before Beisdin is in session. Should there be a Tainas Basulim, we need Beisdin to be in session. And Amana obviously doesn't have that issue, right? It's not her Bia Rishona. So therefore, again, if that's the case, we set it up, get married on a Thursday, let Bia Rishona be on a Friday. Friday is a good day because it says Peru Ravu for Adam. Beautiful. Says the Gimara. Furthermore, again, there's another issue by Almana. This is very beautiful. Why do we want an Almana to get married on a Thursday and the Bia Rishona to be on Thursday night, what we call Thursday night Friday, because of Shaktu. Because remember again, we had Shaktu on Daf Beis. What was Shaktu? The Chachamim were concerned for the welfare of Jewish women. Now we saw by Besula, by Besula, that one of the reasons, even though using the logic of the first Mishnah, a Besula should be able to get married when? Not just Wednesday, but when else? Sunday. Shaktu Chacham, the Chachamim were concerned. They wanted a Jewish woman to have a nice wedding. And because of that, you need three days to prepare for a nice wedding. Monday, to, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, get married on Wednesday. If she got married on Sunday, she got married on Sunday, there's not really sufficient time to prepare. There's also a shock due by Amana. Listen to this. Why is it that we said that Amana gets married on a Thursday and Birishona should happen Friday night? Oh, no, I'm sorry, what we call Thursday night. Thursday night, Friday. Listen to this. Because if you say the Birishona happens on Thursday during the day, Lemachar, Mashkim Lum Naso. We'll say, what's going to happen the next morning? He's going to go to work, right? The guy's going to go to work. Otherwise, we'll say, if the Bia Rishona happens on Thursday during the day, the next morning he's going to go to work. Remember again, we'll say, this is a second marriage. Second marriage, right? He's happening a day of work. So we don't want that. So we'll say, even though we're going to talk about this, there's no Sheva Brachas by a second marriage, right? If it's a second marriage for both husband and wife, no Sheva Brachas. So if they were to get married on Thursday during the day and be a Rushona were to happen Thursday during the day, he might actually go to work on Friday. And Chazal said, even though there's no Sheva Brachas in the second marriage, they wanted the husband to be attentive to his wife. So listen to this. Shaktu Chama Tachanas Ima Shloshi Yamim. 
they wanted a chassan and kala, right? Even though, again, it's a second marriage, to be together, to spend time together for at least three days. What are the three days? Chamishi b'Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, b'Shabbos. Wednesday, Thursday, the assumption is he's not going to work the day of the chassan, right? So Thursday, Thursday, Friday, and Shabbos. What's the chap? You see, the assumption is actually, it's a, it's a very beautiful gemara. The assumption is that if the Bia Rishona between husband and wife happens on Thursday night, Thursday night, Friday, so there's going to be that connection, that intimate connection. He's not going to want to leave her Friday. So therefore, again, he'll take off from work on Friday and I'll be with her and I'll spend time with her on Friday. But Lamaisa, the Bia Rishona happens on Thursday during the day. So it could very well be, again, that intimacy happened during the day. That connection happened during the day. And already by the next morning, he's going to go to work. So in order to ensure that they spend at least three consecutive days with each other, Chazal said, let the Bia Rishona for the Amana be Thursday night. Thursday, the Chasana. Friday, the closeness from the intimacy will still be there. He'll take off from work. And of course, Shabbos is Shabbos. Such a beautiful Gemara. So they both say, the Gemara says, My bracha So will say, so now, there are two different reasons why we said an almana should get married on Thursday and the Biyari Shona should be on a Friday. Right? Thursday night. Thursday night, which is already Friday. So we'll say, why? Reason number one is because Friday is the day in which it said the bracha for Puru Ravu by Adam. And therefore, let the Biyari Shona for an Amana be on the day of Friday Puru Ravu. And the second reason was why? That the husband shouldn't go to work. So we'll say, Sanu, what's the nafkamina? We'll say, nafkamina number one is, she married a guy who doesn't have a job. Big red flag, big red flag, but, but, but Lemaise, again, he's finding himself. He's still finding himself. He's not sure what he wants to do yet. Right? And I'll say, ah, you're 40, right? Okay, right, whatever. And so I'll say, so, so, so Lemaise, again, he doesn't have a job. So if he doesn't have a job, then he's not waking up for work, okay? So the Gemara says, other possibilities, Inami Yom Tov Shechaliyos Be'erev Shabbos. We'll say the other possibility is that Friday, Friday is Yom Tov. Friday's end, they say he wouldn't be going to work anyway. Okay, those would be the nafkaminas. They will say, so I'll just point out this in a very interesting, so really beautiful Gemara over here. So the Gemara is highlighting over here in this particular Yisod is that halacha lamaisa na'amona should get married on a Thursday, but the Bia Rishona should be on a Friday because Friday is a day in which it says Peru or Avu for Adam. Now, I'll say, also point out something very beautiful. So the Gemara also said, Abisula, we know, gets married on a Wednesday. Gets married on a Wednesday. But according to, with that, we know, Parkafra said the Bia Rishona should really happen on Wednesday night, which is Thursday. Why Thursday? Because Halach HaLemai said Thursday is the day in which it says Peru or Avu for fish. For fish. But you say to yourself, so what? What does it have to do with anything? So Bosse is a beautiful Rashi, not here, but Rashi and Chumash, in Bereshis, that says, fish, fish, ayin hara is not sholet bedagim. There is no ayin hara by fish, because ultimately, again, since the fish are covered by the water, there's no ayin hara. So Bosse, what does that have to do with anything? So say something amazing. What's the concept of ayin hara? Right? So Bosse, evil eye. So Bosse, we've still done this before, but I think often this concept is a little bit misunderstood. Ayin hara means as follows. If a person has a bracha, a person has a particular bracha, and you enjoy that bracha in a way which causes other people pain. Let's say a person has wealth, and they flaunt that wealth to the point that other people who don't have wealth feel pain when seeing their wealth. And you can fill in the blank. A person has zochet to have children, and they talk about their kids, you know, and they're talking to someone who doesn't have children, or whatever, you fill in the blank. 
if your bracha, if your bracha causes another Jew pain, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I didn't give you that bracha to cause someone else pain. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes back that bracha. That's the concept of Ayin Hara. If my bracha causes someone else who doesn't have that bracha pain, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says that is the worst kind of misuse and abuse. I will say, the whole point of having brachas in life is you're supposed to use them to make other people's lives better. Whatever bracha you have that is supposed to be your enabler to do more for the other. But if my bracha becomes a source of pain for someone else, that's where Ayin Hara comes in. Kadesh Baruch Hu says, you're using your bracha to cause pain to someone else. I'm taking it back. So it's incredible. What do we say to a chasen in Kalo? Biyarishona should be, right? Your chasen, right? Wednesday, Biyarishona on Thursday, where there is the bracha of pru or avu for dogim. Just like no one sees what the fish are doing, and therefore there's no Ayin Hara, be, what's the word? It, not inconspicuous. Be discreet with your brachas in life. Be discreet. Be discreet. People say people sometimes have this yetsahara to like flaunt their brachas, to flaunt what they have. Don't do that. Enjoy what you have. Be thankful with what you have. But be discreet with your brachas. Just like the dogim. Just like the fish. That's the bracha we give to the chasen and kala. Enjoy. Enjoy this beautiful bracha. But if would like the dogim, be discreet in ultimately, again, how you utilize. Rebbe says, go weiter. Darash bar kafra. Rebbe says, so much incredible gemara today. Darash bar kafra. Gidola maise tzadikim yosre maase shemayim ba'aretz. Listen to this. The actions of the tzadikim are even greater, are even greater than the creation of the heavens. This is wild. When it comes to creation of heaven and earth, what does the Pasuk say? So I will say the Pasuk says, quoting over here from Yeshaya, So listen to this. When it comes to the creation of heaven and earth, it uses the notion of singular. God says, with my hand, I created singular. First wide line on the bottom. When it comes to the handiwork of the righteous, what does it say? Ksiv. So we'll say when it comes to the building of the base Hamikdash, right? Ultimately done by the tzaddikim, it uses the notion of plural hands. So Rabbi say, listen to this. So when it comes to the handiwork of Hashem, it uses the notion of singular my hand. When it comes to the actions of tzaddikim, it uses the plural of hands. So from here, Bar-Kafra says, that's connection over here, it's all Bar-Kafra. Bar-Kafra says that you see from here that the actions of Tzadikim are even greater than the actions of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Wild. So the Gemara says, Heishiv Bavlech Rabchiyashmo. I, but there was a certain Babylonian Rabchiya said, Bar-Kafra, it's not true. V'yabeshes Yodav Yatsaru. So it says, Cheshbaruch Hu created the, right, the, the land, Yodav, Hands, plural, to which the Gemara says, Yodoksiv. But it's written as Yodo, which could be read as the singular. I have a hawk, Siv Yotzro, says, created plural. It means he created with his fingers. The fingers are separate. The fingers are plural, but it's only one hand. I says, So again, all Bar-Kafra. And Bar-Kafra's theme is, whenever it speaks about the creation of Hashem, it uses the notion of one hand. When it speaks about the creations of Tzadikim, two hands. So you see from here that the creations of Tzadikim are even greater than the creations of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We'll explain what that means in just a moment. Mei Svei, where is the Kasha? 
No, I'm sorry. Second Mesve. Hashemai misapim kivod kel umase yadov magid arakia. Once you hear it, use his plural. Masay yadov. Ultimately, the handiwork of his hands. The earth, the sky will tell. So the Gemara's Hagi Kamar. Masay yadem shal tzedikim mi magid. No, I'm here. Actually, interestingly enough. The Ma'asayadav over here is not a reference to Hashem's handiwork, but rather to the handiwork of the Tzadikim. Who testifies or what testifies to the righteous actions of the Tzadikim? So the Gemara says, Mi Magid Harakia, the heavens. How so? My Nihu Matar. This is beautiful. So the Gemara is dashing over here. Ma'asayadav Magid Harakia means the litmus test for the righteousness of the Tzadikim of the generation is the heavens. Meaning what? Rainfall. Rainfall. If the rain falls, that shows that tzaddikim are righteous. If the rain doesn't fall, that means that tzaddikim of the generation are not righteous. So I'll stop there for just a moment. So I'll say, so by the way, so what, what does this mean, right? What does this mean that the handiwork, such a profound, that the handiwork of Hashem, the ma'aseh of the tzaddikim is even greater than Hashem's creation of heaven and earth. What's the pshat? I will say, it's very simple. You see, whatever HaKadosh Baruch Hu complete, whatever HaKadosh is perfect. It's perfect. That which Hashem creates is perfect. The tzaddikim have even a higher avodah. What's the avodah of a tzaddik, Rabosai? The avodah of a tzaddik is to take that which is imperfect and perfect it. To take that which is incomplete and complete it. See, Rabosai, it's incredible to create something perfect. It's even better to create, to take something that is imperfect and complete. We're learning this on Thursday night in the Chalban Shir, which is, is, is a must. It's, it's an absolute must. Only if you want to be a good Jew. If you don't want to be a good Jew, you don't have to. Right? I'll say, so again, absolute must. We're learning the Chalban. The Chalban is talking about this very Yisod. HaShamayim, Shamayim, LaShem, V'Aretz, Nasan, Livnei Adam. Shamayim is perfect. Aretz, Nasan, Livnei Adam. Why did Hashem give us the earth? to take that which is imperfect and to go ahead and perfect it. That's what Bar Kafra is saying. What the tzaddikim do is kiviyachal even greater than HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Because the Ribbono Shel Olam creates perfect things. That's fantastic. What's even better than creating perfect things is perfecting the imperfect, is completing the incomplete. That will say that's the greatest avoda in life. Taking something that is in a state of disrepair, taking something that is incomplete, taking something that is imperfect, and fixing it, perfecting it, completing it, that is the most incredible accomplishment that a human being could achieve in this earth. On this earth. The Gemara goes weiter. Darish bar kafra. Darish bar kafra. Ma'i dikhsev. So what's the interesting Pasek? This Pasek about Sayin Dvarim is a very simple halacha. V'yaseid. That was say we often translate Yaseid as a shovel. It actually, here they're translating it as a spike. A sp- you should always keep a spike with your tools. That was say, what's the Pashab Shad? Pashab Shad soldiers. When you go out to war, always keep a spike or a shovel with you. Why? Because if you have to relieve yourself, if you have to defecate, you could dig a hole, right? Take care of your needs and then cover it back up. This is part of the theme, v'haya machanecha kadosh, that the camp of the Jewish army has to be a holy camp. Has to be a holy camp. So what's is so beautiful. Atikri al azenecha, don't read it as on your, on your belt, right? Azenecha on your side, right? Referring to like the tools the soldiers carry with him. Ela al azenecha. Wow. 
Rebbe say, listen to this pasuk. al oznecha means always keep a spike by your ears. What does that mean? Shenishma adam say, if you hear something that's not appropriate, what should you do? Yaniach Wow. What's the said? What's the spike? It's your finger. It's your finger. Always keep your fingers close to your ears. Because this way, if you hear something you're not supposed to hear, right? Or you know you're about to hear something you're not supposed to hear, just put the finger in the air. Just block it out. Just block it out. Why is a person's finger like a yasid, like a spike? To which the Gemara says, what, is, what does that mean, why is it like a spike? My time, are you asking why fingers are separate? Like, in other words, why is each finger separate from each other and each finger a different size? That's a different halacha. Each finger a different size because each finger serves a different purpose. And I will say, for example, it's actually quite beautiful. Zuzeres. So I will say, ultimately, again, the zeres, the zeres, which is the pinky finger. So, for example, again, from the zeres, the distance between the zeres, right, the pinky, and the thumb is ultimately, again, how you measure the choshen, the breastplate of the coin gadol. The Gemara goes on. Zuzeres, zukamitsa. I will say the finger next to the pinky. I guess we'd call it the ring finger. I'm good. Ring finger. I will say, what does that serve? That's the finger that you use. That's the first finger that's used for the kamitza. Remember again, when Cohen does the carbon mincha, the only part of the mincha that's burned is what you scoop up with your three finger fills. What, 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 what goes into the kamitza first? Your ring finger. Zu amo, rabosi, your middle finger. What is middle finger used for? No, no, it's not what you're thinking. Right? They will say, so zu amo, zu amo, listen to this. So from the middle finger till the elbow, right? From the top of the middle finger, to the elbow, Rabbi Osai, ultimately, again, Rashi says over here, that's ultimately an amo. That represents an amo. Now, truth, it's actually a, it's, it's a big amo, right? But far purpose, right? That's a, from top of the middle finger to the elbow, that's an amo. Zu etzba, your, your, your index finger. The etzba, Rabbi Osai, what is the etzba used for? Blood applications. Blood applications. Zu goldel. Rabbi Osai, what about the thumb? So the thumb, ultimately, again, it's for blood applications for mitzora and the inauguration of the Kohanim. So the Gemara says, each finger, I'll say, isn't that incredible? I'll say, by the way, just like each finger has its own identity, has its own avoda, every single part of the body has its own place in avoda Hashem. Absolutely incredible. Elamatam mishupos ki esedos. The Gemara is asking us, why is it that a finger is tapered like a peg? Right? So why is the finger is wider at the bottom, but as it gets to the top, ultimately it becomes more narrow. Again, Shem Yishma Adam Davar Sheno Hagun Yaniach Etzba'osav Ba'aznav. That was incredible. Because if you hear something inappropriate, then what? Then what? You could just simply insert your finger, right? Insert here, right? Insert your finger into your ear, block it out. Which I will say also tells you something amazing. A person has an obligation to avoid hearing negative things. Sirabosai, sometimes we think erroneously that as long as I'm not speaking Lashon Hara or actively like walking towards Lashon Hara, actively engaging, if I hear it, it's not a big deal. I'll say, we all know what happens when you hear something negative. What happens when you hear it? You can't unhear it. Right? Hearing and sight are these two things. When you see something, you can't unsee it. And when you hear something, you can't unhear it. 
So that's why Chazal say, Chazal say, if you know that something negative is about to go down, put your finger in your ear, block it out. Because once I allow myself to hear it, I cannot unhear it. So incredible. Tana, why is it that the entire ear is hard, yet the earlobe is soft? They will say it's absolutely incredible because this way, again, if you hear something negative, what can you do? Take the earlobe and just bend it in. So they will say, what do you see from here? You see when Hashem Baruch created us with two mechanisms to safeguard ourselves from hearing anything negative. One is the earlobe itself and one is the finger. And one is the finger. That's how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be careful with what we hear. Tan Rabbanon. Al Yashmiya Adam Azar. And we'll say, by the way, the idea, so the Mar, we don't have time for it now, but maybe tomorrow, the Marsha points out on this. The Marsha, you'll take a look at it on your own, a beautiful, beautiful Marsha about the idea, I will say, of why what we hear, he, hearing is such a sensitive, it's such a, it's such a sensitive thing. Because remember the way hearing works, I will say, sometimes you hear something and you hear it by accident, and what you hear, fundamentally changes the way that you think. Well, says, my we've, all, we've all had this happen. I hear something about someone, and as much as I say, right after I hear it, I say to myself, I'm not Macabal. Great. I'm not Macabal, except, except what? Except what? I heard it. I heard it, and I can't unhear it. And as much as I try not to allow that thing to impact me, it does. It does, it's impossible for it not to impact me. Hearing is so sensitive. That's like Chazal say, you think something is about to go down, that you, something you should, somebody's talking about something you should not hear, put that earlobe up, put that finger in. In other words, shut it down. Because if you don't shut it down in the beginning, it's going to fundamentally change the way you see the world and the way you see others. Person should not allow himself to hear Dvarim B'Telem. Now what's Dvarim B'Telem? Dvarim B'Telem just means meaningless things. Because the ears are the first thing that are burned. And the, Rebose, the idea over here is, the, Rashi points out, when you burn the head of an animal, right, the first thing that gets singed are the ears. Right? The ears are the most sensitive. So I'm also hearing more saying something else. Don't be involved in a conversation of Dvar Metalim. I'm say Dvar Metalim just means idle chatter. I'm say, do you know why? Because clinical tests have shown that idle chatter almost always turns into what? Almost always turns into what? Lashon Hara. Every single time it turns into Lashon Hara. So therefore the best thing you could do is avoid the idle chatter from the beginning. So when it's idle, even though idle is innocuous, but idle turns lethal in just a matter of moments, and therefore what? Avoid it at all costs. Ibailo, boss, let's go, let's go by. Ibailo, ma livo betchilu b'shah. So we'll say no, we'll stop over here, we'll pick up a mirat Hashem with this short tapim, and short tapim, do not worry. Mirat Hashem, we'll, we'll get it, we'll get it, we'll start on time tomorrow. Shkayach, beautiful, so get ahead of us. Incredible, incredible game, Arash. Goyach.